Revelation chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And listen to verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And that's where we'll stop. And verse 4 says, For God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So no more tears. Amen. I'm just going to take my time till the Lord comes by. I'm sure there's not a family in this house this morning that's not been touched by death in the last two years. My father didn't have COVID, but he died about 18 months ago. There's not a day I don't think about him. I miss him. Miss him every day. I went down by the graveyard yesterday, and I'm not saying this to, to gain sympathy. Don't you take it that way. Uh, but I went down there and just stood, and he's not there. I know that. He's not there. He's in a better place. But uh, I can't talk to him. And you know what? We're all human. We're all flesh. We all have our hearts broken. I thought about him being gone, but then I thought about when I was a kid and we'd wrestle and play thought about the lives that we had, and thought about the times in church when he had sang and the power of God would be on him. I can't talk to him now, but I'll see him again one day. Amen. And there'll be no tears up there. And so... <clears throat> You know, the, this world has told us as men that that's not something we should be doing. Are we not supposed to be Christ-like? Amen. You pray for a few minutes. And I read where Job, if, Job, if anybody ever had a reason to cry, it would have been Job. In a matter of a day's time, he lost all his wealth, lost all his herds. Lost his servants, lost his children, every one of them. Lost his health. And he said, my eyes are filled with tears. If anybody had the right to cry, it would have been Job. But you know what happened, what changed Job's fortunes? The Bible says in chapter 42 of Job that his captivity was turned when he prayed for his friends. There's more important things. If the Lord has given me another day, He's given me another day to be a help and a blessing to somebody else along life's way. So I don't need to dwell on what's, what's burdening me. I need to dwell on how, what I can do to be a help and a blessing to my fellow brothers and sisters today and to the sinners that's lost and undone without the Lord. So no more tears. I read where that, that Isaiah came to Hezekiah's house. And he went in. And the Lord sent him and the Lord sent word to Hezekiah to set his house in order that he would die and not live. Now, if you think you've experienced heartache, if you think you've experienced fear, wait until the doctor tells you your days are numbered. Wait until you think that there's just a few more days, just a few more months, weeks, hours, and you'll be out of here. And I know that... 
that, that maybe I've not been told that, but I'm not promised tomorrow and you're not either. This could be it for me and you. But Hezekiah got that news and the Bible said he turned his face to the wall and he prayed and he wept sore. And before Isaiah got out into the front yard, I guess you'd say, the Bible says the front court, the Lord spoke to him again. And he said, go back in and tell Isaiah, I have heard his cry. When the Lord... When, the, when you pray to the Lord and that heart's broken, the Bible said, I like this, don't you? He's died of them that have a broken heart. Anytime your heart is broken, never fear, God hears you. Amen. 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 Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed and wept sore. And he said, Isaiah, back in. He said, I've heard his cry. And you tell him, I'm going to add 15 years to his life. And Isaiah went back in and told Hezekiah. And he said, furthermore, it was a bad time, wasn't it? Hezekiah himself said so. He said, for the children are come to the birth and there's not strength to bring it forth. Why was that, preacher? Because the Assyrians had his city surrounded. They were slowly starving to death. And, and it was a bad time. We're living in a bad day and age at this time. A day when there's a famine, a hunger for the gospel and people can't find it anymore. But I'm here to tell you, God, and I know Satan tells us preachers, nobody wants to hear you anymore. That's a lie. God's people are starved to death for the gospel. Amen. He said, you tell him, I'll take, this is my words, I'll take care of the Assyrians and I'll bless your city and I'll add 15 years to your life. And Hezekiah asked Isaiah, he said, what shall be a sign of this that God's going to heal me? And, and Isaiah asked him, he said, would you rather that the dial on the clock, just their clocks in that day and age, would you rather that it go forward 10 degrees or that it go backward 10 degrees? We see all kinds of movies about science fiction, about time travel. You might say that Hezekiah was the first time traveler because God set back time for him. I'm here to tell you today, there is nothing that God can't do. And if we trust Him and live for Him, He hears our cry. All right. No, no more tears. Let me just finish that thought. You may not have read that. I encourage you to read God's Word. As Johnny said this morning, don't believe it because I preached it. You believe it because you can read it out of the King James Version Bible. I want you to know what's in there. You may not have read about Hezekiah. The city was surrounded by the Assyrians. And I'll not go through all of it. They were threatened. The king of Assyria sent a, sent a letter down there to Hezekiah. Do you know what Hezekiah did with that letter? I bet he cried then, don't you? When they threatened his life, when they threatened the city, when they threatened the people that he loved, I bet Hezekiah prayed in the temple then. I, I'm sure when he spread that letter out and said, Lord, would you help us? Would you help me? I bet he cried tears then as well. But God had it in control. I don't care how desperate we get in 2022, how much fear there is among our people. God is still in control. You know what had you know what God had to do? I can't remember the exact number. I believe it was 120,000, something like that. You know what God had to do to start the Assyrians that it went through and just destroyed everybody they'd run into? As a matter of fact, the fellow that was in charge down there said, we've gone through all these. What makes you think your God's going to be any different? What makes you think your God's going to do anything with us? You know what the God of Israel had to do? Breathe. One breath destroyed 120,000 Syrian soldiers, wiped them out, all because God was 
All right. We all cry. You're not alone. Did you know? Well, we read about David. You know David, don't you? And I've preached this here before. Nobody faced any more heartache than what David did in the Bible. He lost three children. One of them by the name of Absalom. And when he, when he found out, he cried, Oh, Absalom, Absalom. He said, I'll go down to my grave weeping for him. But you know what? I believe it's Psalm 116. David says this. He said, God had wiped away his tears and kept his feet from falling. And then he goes on three or four verses down. He says this, What shall I render? It may look dark now. Thank God for his benefits. What shall I render unto God for his benefits toward me? I will pay the vows that I owe. That's what David said. I tell you, life may not be treating us fire. Things may not be going our way. But God has blessed us abundantly. We, we, we should pay Him more and more every day. We owe Him our very life. In Him, we live and move and have our very being. Now listen. Not all tears come forth by sadness. Did you know that? Did you know you could cry some happy tears? Let me just show you. We read where Jesus went down to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And there was a, a lady that was a sinner. That's what the Bible calls her. That's not what I'm calling her. She was a sinner. She wasn't invited. But she came anyway. And she brought the most precious thing that she had. She had an alabaster box full of ointment. And she brought that in there. And the Bible says she stood behind Jesus. And then she got down at His feet. If you want God to help you with your tears, you need to get down at His feet. Well, preacher, what can he do? Let me quote you a verse from over in Hebrews. He said this, For we have not a God that is not touched by the power of our infirmities, but was tempted in every matter like we, and yet without sin. I'm here to tell you today, he understands, he cares, and he loves us. And this lady got down at his feet and began to cry and washed his feet with her tears. And then she took her hair and she dried his feet. Then she took that alabaster box and broke it, broke it open and poured, poured the ointment over his feet and anointed his feet with oil. And the Pharisees said, if he knew what manner of woman this man was, this, this woman was, he wouldn't allow her to touch his feet. Just look at who we are. Look at what God has done for a sinner like me. I'm no more deserving than that lady was. And yet He allowed me to approach the throne of grace and to touch Him and to all oh, the tears that I could shed because He had mercy and grace on a sinner like me. Whoa! You ask me why I'm happy. I'll just tell you why. Because... My sins are gone. So I'll just get down at his feet and shed some happy tears. And the Lord called the Pharisee and he said, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And I can't quote it exactly. He said, Two men owed the master, one of them 500 and 150, and he forgave them both. Which one do you think loved the master more? And the Pharisee said, The one that owed the most, that was forgiven the most. And Jesus said, Thou hast rightly judged. He's forgiven me so many times. 
You're looking and no boy would be blackened in sin. Had it not been for the blood of Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Clorox couldn't take care of it, John. No. Tide couldn't wash it away. Mm-hmm. All the hugs and the loving that Mama put on me couldn't take care of it. Right. Jesus washed me Amen. in his blood. Amen. He was able to wash all that sin away. So you see, oh, him. A great deal. I owe it by salvation. He rescued my soul from hell. He gave me a better hope to go to when this life is, is over. And as they sing this song, I've got so much to thank Him for. So you see, I've cried some happy tears along life's way. You let the good spirit come by, and I just can't hardly help it. We didn't sing it this morning, but we sang it a lot. Glory, glory, glory. And when I look at these youngins, and my mind goes back to the night that they got saved, that wheel starts turning. I can't help it. Something inside of me rejoices. And I see their hands go up and I see them stand up. And I hear their testimonies, Jesus saved me. That's worth it all to me. Brings them happy tears. Now listen, not all of them are happy, are they? I read in John chapter 11 where they sent word to Jesus that his friend was sick. Would you please come? And he tired, didn't he? He didn't go right away. Sometimes we wonder why the Lord don't answer us just right then. It's for His glory. To let Him have the glory. So if I've got to go one more day, Lord, help me just give me grace to go one more. Give me grace to stand one more day for you till your answer comes. Oh, and when he went, I'll not go all through it. But when he went, Martha said, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And he looked, let's go over to the grave. He looked and saw Mary and Martha weeping, didn't he? And the Jews with them. You know who those Jews were? That was the church. Yeah. Don't let Satan tell you you're all your own. Don't let Satan tell you nobody cares. I don't, well, those people down at the church are all hypocrites. Yes, we're all sinners, but we're all saved by grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And if I'm where I need to be, I don't care what you've done. I still love you. You can talk to the parents of these folks in these school shootings, the parents of folks that had or prisoners that was down at Brushy Mountain and sitting in jail cells everywhere. And their kids may have done heinous things. But old mama still loves them, don't she? Amen. Mama still loves you. Amen. She'll always love you. You're not alone. So there was Martha and Mary at the grave and the Jews with them, and Jesus saw them weeping. What did he do? Did he dismiss them? Did he say, oh, I wish they'd hush? The Bible said he was troubled in spirit. Yeah. Shortest verse in the Bible with the biggest meaning. Jesus wept. Help me to be more like him. Help me. When my brother is burning down. If he's troubled and tears rolling off his face, help me to get right in there with him. Help me to lift him up. Help me to support him. Help me to be the church that I'm supposed to be. Amen. Did you, maybe, I don't know, maybe Mary and Martha's neighbors were there. I don't know, it don't say. This speculation on my part, and they brought in the 
banana pudding and the, and the soup beans or whatever, you know how we do. And they sat with them and they told happy stories about the times that they remembered being with Lazarus. But all they could do was give some kind words. When Jesus wept, he could do something about it. Amen. When Jesus wept, when they touched him, he could make a difference. You know what he told them? He said, roll the stone away. And he prayed. And he called Lazarus' name. And Lazarus came forth. Let me tell you, you know what Lazarus was? He was dead. His heart and feet, as a matter of fact, I believe it was Murray said, by now, he's been in our four days, by now, he's taken. If God, if, if, the, if the Lord could, could raise a dead man, he could touch your sinner that's as hard-hearted as they could be. Amen. He could make a difference. He could show them where they're at and where they need to be. Amen. There is no one, there is no heart that's so cold that God can't reach it and break it down. You see, remember that song? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. And when the days are weary, the long nights weary, I know my Savior cares. Been a while since I've told this one, I'll tell you. Some of you right here in this community remember my grandpa. He had a rare disease and passed away when he was 60. He lived right here at the foot of the hill. And I went to church with him Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. After church on Sunday morning, we went to their house. Imagine this. This don't happen this way anymore, does it? After church on Sunday morning, we'd go to their house. They'd have fried chicken, and all the kids would come in. My uncles would get their guitars and sit out on the front porch and they'd pick and sing and the kids would play in the front yard. And when he died, my heart was broke. Because he was good to me and he loved me. I was standing down there in the front yard. Tears rolled off my face and a voice spoke to me. They said, go up on the hill right there. Behind the barn and you pray. And I walked up the hill behind the barn. It was the ground was slate rock. I found a big old slate rock and I got down on my knees. And I said, Lord, I can't handle this. Would you help me? And the pain that I walked up there with, I left right there. Amen. I walked back down with peace in my heart. Because God can do things we can't. Yeah. He cared about me even though I was a little 12-year-old boy. I got saved when I was eight, Jason, just a new Christian. You'd think this little old boy, what does God care about him? God cares about the least. Aren't you glad? Because where would I be without him? I left my trouble right up there on that slate rock. God took the pain away from me. No more tears. Every one of us has shed them, haven't we? But the scripture I read to you, let's go on. Another place in Revelation that says this. John saw some folks in white robes. Yeah. And he said, who are these? And the angel said, these are they that came up through great trials. Did the Lord promise you everything would be a bed of roses? Because he didn't mean. As a matter of fact, he said all that live godly shall suffer persecution. Let's go farther. He said this. He said if you suffer with me, he shall also reign with me. My sister used to sing this song, of course, said, so I'll just carry all these burdens till he lifts my heavy load. 
And when I come across Jordan, standing tall on lights beyond, and to know that I found it, what a day when we make it. Amen. We may cry here. You know what Psalm says? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. What's the Bible say about us preachers? They go forth, buried precious seed, weeping, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. There's something to, I know. Modern religion discourages this, these tears, don't they? But I'm glad to shed some every once in a while for the Lord. No more tears. Let me read this to you and I'll be down here in just a second. When God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. When I get to heaven, I won't cry anymore. Let's quit putting qualifiers on it. I'm going to go this far. God can wipe your tears away right now. Amen. God can take care of your problems. You know what my problem is? I try to take care of mine myself. You know what I do? Yeah, I'll take them to the Lord, but then I'll pick them back up. And then I'll worry about them the next day. And the next day. What's that song say? Take your troubles to the Lord and leave it there. That's our problem. No more tears. Friend, there'll be a day. I remember vividly. We went to see Dad after they prepped him at Manus's. They did a wonderful job. And it was my own fault. He used to wear his hair like I wear mine, parted. And so that's what I told the boys up there just to do. And when we went in, Mom didn't like it because in his later years, his hair was thin and he started wearing it down here, straight down instead of hard. And she didn't like that. And so I told him to fix it the way she wanted it fixed, and that's okay. I remember that. We had him here, and I remember shaking hands and hugging necks as people came around. And I did my best, John. I'm pretty good about holding stuff in. Tell a neighbor that lives just out the road for them came by. And if I called his name, some of you know him. And he shook my hand and he started to say something. I don't know what it was about what, who it was or what he said, but I just broke down and cried for a little while. But you think about all those tears you've cried for your folks. I think about Jess. And I think about different ones that have left since I've been here. All those tears that you've cried. When you see them get up. When you see the graves burst open. When you see those that you've loved and trusted in the Lord. That went down believing. That received the promise. And they're gonna they're gonna receive it and go to be with him for eternity. The Bible says, I wouldn't have you eager, brethren, concerning them which are asleep in the Lord. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel of the trump. Here's the good part. Here's where the tears will stop. And the dead in Christ 
shall rise first. And those of us that are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye and rise to meet them in the air. And here's the good part, oh preacher, this has got to happen, that's got to happen. This is what my book tells me. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort ye one another with these words. We need to quit taking bits and pieces and take the whole book. And then we'll rise. And we'll go to that city. And the gates will be open. And the sun will shine. Not this puny thing in the sky we see. The S-O-N. He's going to be the light of that city. As a matter of fact, the S-U-N, the Bible tells me that that sun will never touch us when we get there. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? The S-O-N, Jesus Christ the righteous one, will be the light of that city. We'll be robed in white. I didn't finish that, did I? Let me finish that. Who was that John saw? These were they having come up through great trials and tribulations. Having their robes washed white. How did it get white? Because I know the garment I had on was filthy and stained. I know what I had on was blackened with sin and threadbare and holes all in it. A life that was messed up and ruined. But you know what I'm going to wear when I get to that city? Yeah. I'll wear a white robe. Amen. Amen. You'll see me. John saw me. Mm-hmm. And he saw you. Yeah. He said he saw a number. No man to number. He mean? saw all the disciples. He saw the apostles. He saw Moses. He saw Aaron. He saw Adam. And bring it up the rear. The least little thing God ever saved. And the song says, I want to be in that number. I don't have to worry about it, John. I know I'm going to be because I've been saved by the grace of God. Amen. Having come up through great trials and tribulations, I'll finish it better. Having their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And they do worship the Lamb day and night, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Amen. So since my dad's passed, I've, my mindset's changed a little bit. I called one of the grave places. They wanted $10,000 for two grave plots and to open and close and all that. And that'd be nice, but it really don't matter. That's just to hold this carcass in it and going to glory anyway. Souls, what's going? So if I'm down at Rest Haven or if I'm in the ditch, I'm on a rise. I'm going. I won't have to worry about the graveyard over there. Won't have to worry about the hospital. You know there'll be. Morticians will be out of business over there. Preachers will be out of business over there. I believe we'll be too busy shouting. <laughs> Doctors will be out of business. There'll be no sickness. There'll be no pain. be no heartache. And there'll be no tears. Amen. But I couldn't close right there. Without telling you this, I can't tell you one side and not tell you the other, can I? Nobody likes to hurt, and nobody likes to cry. If you go to hell, get ready. If crying bothers you, that's a place you don't want to go. The Bible said the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever. I never have seen anybody that was tormented not shed a tear. Hell is a real place. Did you know that? Yeah. We, I, you would agree with me. I believe I wouldn't have any opposition whatsoever here this morning 
that heaven is real. They've even made a movie with that title. I'm waiting for the sequel that says hell is real. Because it sure is. It's just as real as the pew that you're sitting on. It's the carpet that your feet are planted on this morning. It's a real place for real men and women. You can't tell me that we can live any way we want to live, that we can run our mouth, that we can say ugly things, that we can treat people any way we want to and misuse people and, and rob and steal and cheat and commit adultery and live an abhorrent life and go to heaven. I know God will save anybody, but without the blood of Jesus... You'll not get into heaven. Amen. You'll go to that place where there's plenty of tears. You'll go to that place where they're screaming and crying and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Where the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever. <coughs> now, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to that place where there's no tears? Or do you want to go to that place where everybody's crying? And screaming. Because it's really up to you. 100%. If you want to go to that place where there's no tears, your ticket has already been purchased. We're going a week from yesterday over to Pigeon Forge. My mother-in-law wanted to see a show for her birthday. We've already paid the price it's paid for. All we've got to do is walk up to that window and say, do you have tickets for, and tell them our name. And they'll be there waiting on us because it's already paid for. All you've got to do to go to that place where there's no tears is come right down here and ask for your ticket. It's already been paid for. It cost him the best it had. That, that was over $100. This cost way more. This cost heaven the very best that it had. The only begotten Son of God, the, the, His blood was what paid for it. Why would He give it for somebody like me? And yet He did. I was able to get a hold of it. I was able to be washed in it. And it's like the song. It says His blood is on my soul. But see, we may get to next Sunday, next Saturday at 6 o'clock, and that show might be canceled. This one is going to happen. Amen. I'm going to go. Amen. And you're going to go. Yeah. But if you've not asked Jesus to be your Savior, you won't make it. If you've not asked Jesus to be your Savior, hell will be your home. Yeah. Now, I mentioned... That you couldn't live any way you want to and get to heaven. You can be as good a person as you can be and sit on the pew right now and not make a move and die and go to hell. That's right. You know, it's not good or bad. It's saved or lost. That's right. It's either you believe in Jesus and you have his blood on your soul or you don't and you die lost and suffer for an eternity. Cry, scream. Gnashing of teeth, you know what that is? I know we don't use gnash, that word, in our lexicon much anymore. Everybody's raised a two-year-old, hadn't you? You let them get a little too close. They go through an oral phase where they want to put everything in their mouth, and they'll reach and get a hold of your arm, and they'll bite a chunk out of it. That's what gnashing is. Weeping, gnashing of teeth. Biting on you. It doesn't feel good, does it? Just think about being surrounded by that. That's hell. You want to go on? It'll be a place of darkness. There'll be no light there because who is the light? Jesus. And he's not in that place. There'll be no mercy. There'll be no grace. There'll be no love. There'll be no joy. Uh, you've heard that statement. Well, I'm just going to go party. No, you won't. You'll be screaming and crying and gnashing of teeth tormented forever and ever and ever. That's the place where the tears will be. Where are you going to be? I told you it's completely up to you. I'm 55 year old. 
I've been in church since my mom and dad carried me in. I've seen people come to the altar all my life. I've yet to see the Lord grab somebody by the hair of the head and make them go. It don't work that way. You have to want it. Lord, help me to preach this right here. You have to want Jesus with everything in you, with all your heart. Now listen, God help me. It's not enough just to say his name, just to speak of him. It's not enough to sing about him. It's not enough to read the Bible. All those are good things. But you have to believe on it. You have to want salvation more than anything. We got a minute or two. I'm a diabetic. And when I'm a good boy and I watch what I eat and I don't have anything sweet for a while, I can smell chocolate from across the room. And I have a desire for that and I want it. I ought to want more Jesus. And when you see him in my life, I hope that makes you want him. The things of this world cannot make me feel the way I feel when the Lord is in my life. It's far, far better. It's better. If you want to go to heaven, this is what Jesus said. Don't you take me. Don't take my word for it. This is in John chapter 3, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. John 3, 16. Before that, right up back up about verse 7 or 8, the Lord told this to a church goer, to probably what we call a church member. He was a ruler of the synagogue, if I'm not mistaken, Officer in the church, at least. And yet he was lost. You know what Jesus told Nicodemus? You must be born again. You've got to be saved. You're not just going to die and go to heaven because you are who you are. My name's Mike Strange, and that name's not recorded in heaven. Amen? Now let's go by the book. He said he'd give us a little white stone and that white stone a new name. Amen. That only he that giveth it and only he that receiveth it. Everybody knows the name Elvis Presley. If Elvis goes, he'll go by a different name. He'll have a new name, just like I do. If you go to heaven, you have to be saved. Amen. There's no other way to get there. No other way to get there. <coughs> the things that we honor and the things that we worship in this world are not going to mean a thing in heaven. Did you know that? All that matters is if you've been saved. And the only way you can be saved is to ask Jesus to do the saving. Amen. Yeah. Let me tell this. <coughs> I remember preaching one Wednesday night. God was really helping me. And I look back on this side back, back there where Gary and Lisa are sitting. There was a little girl back there and tears just a rolling. I thought, Lord, it's going to be the night. This is going to be it. And she didn't come. And it went about a week. And I was up preaching the next Wednesday night. You probably didn't know this, but I was struggling. Because it ain't every time the Lord just pours it out on you. Sometimes you just got to step out on faith. And I thought, Lord, I'm not doing a bit of good. And I looked up. Jerry Ellison. 
stepped out and her mama, big tears just rolling down that face. I preached all I needed to preach already. She come right down here and got saved. You talking about helping me. That young lady may live to be 90. She'll never know what a blessing. Amen. That she was to me. You see, friend, all that matters. You know you want to know why we have church? So that you don't have to die and go to hell. Amen. That's the bottom line. Yeah. You want to know why we have church? So that you can be saved and not have to go to hell, so that you can go to heaven when this life is over. I don't want you to have to go to that place that's full of tears. I don't want you to have to go to that place and suffer and be in pain and agony. And let me just, well, you're our preacher. If I had never asked Jesus to save me, I'd bust hell wide open. I'd be crying. I'd be pleading. I'd be begging. But for the mercy, by grace, this is how I got it, John, by grace through faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. Well, I'm good just like him. No, you're not. Jesus said there's none good. That includes me. That includes you. He told Nicodemus, you must be one again. So if you want to go to heaven, you want to see grandpa, grandma, mom and dad, brothers and sisters that have left before us, you must be morning. You can go to that place where there'll be no more tears. Or you can sit still. You can justify your sin. You can be right quiet and slip right off into hell. Here's what I'm doing. If it would do any good, I'd get you by the arm. And I'd pull you, but that won't do a lick of good. you got to want it. Amen. Yeah. Here's what your church is doing. They're laying their arms around you, <laughs> loving on you, telling you how much they care about you. Are you listening? You know what they want? They want you to go to that place where there's no tears. Amen. Amen. But just because you're good don't mean you're going. You have to ask Jesus to save you. You don't have to know anything. Lord Raymond, if I had to be smart to get it, I'd been left out. Jesus seen I was just an ignorant little eight-year-old boy and he saved me anyway. You don't have to have money. Your name don't have to mean a thing. He'll save the drunk on the street just like he will the man We tend to look up to folks that have accomplished things in this life. Let me tell you who has the real accomplishments. Merle Eisen had some real accomplishments. He started at least five different churches that I can think of right at the top of my head. He preached the gospel for years and years and years. Little boys and girls, men and women, went to the altar under his gospel and got saved. He has some real accomplishments. Doug Self has some real accomplishments. Manson Lee has some real accomplishments. And not just preachers. I could go on. I could talk about Jay and Bonnie Lewis. They've got some real accomplishments. I could talk about your dad. Had some real accomplishments. Preacher, they weren't famous. Yeah, but they lived a godly life so that you could see Jesus in their life. Mike and Loretta has some great accomplishments. Their name may not ever be in lights, but they're in the book. And that's what matters. Pack and Jid, different ones. Heard about Marty's mama. I don't remember. I never met her. But she had some real accomplishments. You know where they're at? Where there's no more tears. Let me say this. 
I had a preacher friend, Mike Potter, he preached, to, preached at my ordination. He used to sing a song. It went, I want to live there, don't you? And when he'd get in a big way and the power of God was on him, instead of saying, I want to live there, he'd say, I'm going to live there. <laughs> Amen. I know it. For I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I'm going to a place where there's no more tears. Are you? It's a yes or no. I've heard preachers call it this, a no-so salvation. Either you know 100% that you're going to heaven or you know you're not. If there's any doubt, now's the time to make sure. Isaac, would you care to come and sing I made it one prior to time? I'm surprised him, but I don't think he minds. Don't you sit still. If the Lord's knocking at your heart, don't you sit still. If this message has bothered you this morning, I'm not going to apologize. Amen. Because that's it's done what it was intended. If you're troubled by what I've said this morning, right here is the place to lay that trouble down. You can go to that place where there's no tears, but you have to make an effort. Read about all the people that were healed in the Bible. I don't read where there was a single one of them that the Lord just walked up to that didn't want. That the Lord just laid it on them and they hadn't even asked for it. Everybody that was healed in the Bible from, from Legion to the woman with the issue of blood. I know Jairus' daughter didn't go, but her daddy did. Everybody that got the Lord had to make an effort to get him. Are you, do you want him today? Are you willing to take one step to get salvation? Are you willing to take, make one move to escape hell? Oh, preacher, I just don't understand. That's okay, I didn't either. Me either all I know to say was Jesus. That's all I could say, Raj. Jesus, please save me. I was too stupid to know how to say anything else. But the Lord saved me anyway just because I wanted it. He'll save you too if you ask. I mentioned the song, glory, 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 somebody touch me and it blesses my heart. Every time I see the hands go up, the only thing about that is I wish we had more hands. I wish we'd see more boys and girls. Ask Jesus to save them. Go ahead and say, guys. If you need to pray, come on.